You're listening to the spiciest fancy basketball podcast with the hottest takes. I'm Adam Klepsik, joined by co-host Michael Guyman. How are you doing tonight, Michael? I'm great. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Can't complain. All right, tonight we are going to recap the top 20 performers of the fantasy basketball season thus far. Going to give a little bit more of a detailed analysis than we normally do with the top 20 performers of each week. Um, but let's get right to it. Here it is, the top 20 performers of the fantasy basketball season thus far. Top 20 performers of the fantasy basketball season thus far. This first one might not stay here for long, but it is still Anthony Davis of the New Orleans Pelicans. There have been rumors coming out uh, from sources within the Pelicans' front office saying that they are going to reconsider the decision to let Anthony Davis play out the rest of the year. Granted, those are just rumors, but there is a chance that Anthony Davis has played his last game in a New Orleans Pelicans jersey. We're going to have to buckle in and see what happens after the All-Star break. But thus far, Anthony Davis, on a per-game basis, is the best fantasy player this year. So if you've owned Anthony Davis thus far, you are receiving 28 points, uh, 13 rebounds, uh, steal and a half, uh, block and a half, shooting 51% from the field, and he's only getting two turnovers for a high-volume guy like that. But that's if you've owned him so far. Um, Since you drafted him or you traded him, whatever, up until this point, it's... Do not see it to continue this way. But as of now, he's producing those stats. And, I mean, even his free throws, 81% for a center. So there's a reason why he's number one. Unfortunately, the NBA is extremely dramatic, and stuff like this happens, and it's extremely random. I will tell you right now, if you have Anthony Davis, the worst thing you expected was a, a weak injury. Not this. Kind of came out of nowhere. Really weird. So sorry, but it was fun while it lasted, right? And and quite honestly, this situation has been poorly handled by both the Pelicans and Anthony Davis and his agent, Rich Paul. Um, if you want a trade request, that's fine. Don't make it public. Uh, you know, five, ten years ago, this situation would have never played out like this. Him and his agent would have walked into the Pelicans' front office, made their requests. Neither party would have leaked about it. And nobody would have known until he got traded, and it would have been this big shock. And quite truthfully, I think that's how things should work. Now there's this huge media circus. Teammates are being asked about Anthony Davis's future, and it's really just not a fair situation. Um, that being said, if I own Anthony Davis and there's somebody in my league who isn't paying attention to what's going on, and I can get any top 20 player back for him in a trade, I'm making that trade, and I'm not even thinking about it twice. That being said, on the other side of the coin, if you are a team on the outside looking in, Anthony Davis might be the type of gamble that you'd want to take. If you're, just for the sake of example, if your league has six teams, and you're sitting there if at the sixth seed, five seed and that top team or even the top two teams are looking like absolute powerhouses Anthony Davis is the type of gamble that you'd want to take because you're probably not going to win with your roster as is anyhow but if Anthony Davis does still play the rest of the year then turning a top 20 player if that's what the price is or you know Maybe that Anthony Davis owner is really panicked and he'll take even a top 30 or a top 40 player and you can pull that off and Anthony Davis does play the rest of the season. Well, now you've got yourself a top five fantasy asset for the rest of the season and that could be what your team needs to make you compete with those top two teams in your leagues. 
it's a very unique situation, one that we likely won't see again in years, if ever again. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. On to the next player who I think will overtake Anthony Davis and be the best fantasy player when it's all said and done this year is James Harden of the Houston Rockets. Uh, Nothing surprising here. He's been doing the same thing. He's on a tear, 36.5 points per game. If you round up, that's 40. Um, He's getting you over almost seven rebounds, seven and a half plus assists, over two steals, and uh, he's... Shooting well from the I mean, 44% from the field goal. What are you expecting from Harden? He shoots so much, you know, it's decent from a guard. 87% from the, <clears throat> from the three throw. So that's good. But the one thing that's making Harden stand out big is he's getting slightly over five three-pointers per game. So you have James Harden playing. He's probably going to get you five three-pointers. It's kind of remarkable, in my opinion. It's just crazy. He's like, it's like Curry. He's like the next, you know, I don't want to say the next Curry, but he's shooting like Curry. Threes, it's it's insane. But um, nah, he's not going to slow down. I mean, he didn't get tired, but uh, he's he's not shown any weaknesses. Chris Paul coming back. The season's only getting longer. He's he's staying the same. Harden is he's. I mean, no one's ever no one's seen this in a while. Thirty six and a half points. I mean, that's oh, God. Yeah, and I think what's really remarkable about Harden is how well he still seems to play, even when Chris Paul is healthy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when Chris Paul was out with that hamstring injury, I don't think what he was doing really surprised too many people. Uh, I mean, still eye-popping numbers, but even with Chris Paul healthy, James Harden's just putting up insane numbers. And given that fact, I I, I just don't see how he doesn't pass up Anthony Davis uh, f- and end up as the best fantasy player when it's all said and done. Uh, next player, and this I think has been one of the biggest surprises of the year, not because he's not a good player, but just because I don't think anyone would expect him to be three right now, uh, given the past few seasons that he's had, and that is Paul George of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's giving you uh, twenty over 28 points per game, uh, four three-pointers, eight rebounds. From Paul George, eight rebounds. That's amazing. Uh, four assists. That's actually pretty good for Paul George. Over two steals, he's either leading the league in steals or in second place. He's definitely top two in uh, steals. Uh, half a block, small forward. I'll take that. Forty-five percent from the field and eighty-four percent from the free throw. The thing about Paul George is, um, particularly in you know most leagues, he kind of went in the late second, maybe early third, give or take. And I think people are more worried about um, not picking him so high because. Um, it might have been he was getting you the low twenties a couple of years, you know, right in a row. But um his name was not expected to be a top five player ever. It was more of a safety cushion, safe round pick because of his name. But now he's producing MVP numbers. Again, like Adam said, his name's good, he's a good player, extremely rosterable. I mean, I don't even know if you'd even if certain leagues would even allow him to drop him, even if he was producing his career average. But um if you got him this year, you we all know you didn't get him in the first round. So he is a great steal in the draft. MVP numbers. Yep. Uh, hard to disagree with any of that. Paul George has been ridiculous, and he is the best player on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Next player, and this isn't too surprising, uh, that is Steph Curry, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, so he's, I mean, he's Curry. He's the best shooter of all time. He's getting you over 28 points a game. Five point, he's literally getting the same amount of threes as Harden, like to the decimal point. And that's, I mean, that just makes Harden look even more impressive because we all know Curry's going to lead the league in scoring in, th- in, in threes and lead the league in threes every single year. So still making more threes than Harden, I bet. But, you know, Curry's doing Curry. Five assists a game over a steal. Uh, 49% from the field goal, that's great from a point guard, especially like Curry. Every time you see him shoot, coin flip, it's going in practically. And over 92% from the free throw. I mean, that's a game changer if you have him, you're golden on the line. And he's getting you only 2.8 turnovers. I mean, that's for a high-volume guy like Curry. I mean, Harden's getting 5.4 turnovers a game, so Curry's not doing much wrong there. 
And the remarkable thing about Curry is just how efficient he is given how large his usage is. And just, yeah, the five threes per game on 49% shooting, that is just insane. Usually if you have somebody shooting that many threes, your field goal percentage is going to be pretty low. Because even if you're a good three-point shooter and that's the primary shot you're taking, you're lucky to have a field goal percentage in the low 40s. I mean, that would mean you have an elite three-point percentage. But Curry is just not human from the three-point line. And so just having the that combination of stats right there with the five threes and 49% field goal percentage is very unique. And then 92% from the line to top it off. I mean, that is just the model of efficiency. And that's pretty much it for Curry. Uh, this next player... A uh, bit of an enigma last year because he just never really played, uh, but is with a new team this year, looks great. Uh, Kawhi Leonard of the Toronto Raptors. Kawhi Leonard's getting you 27 points per game, just shy of two three-pointers, which I think that's you know cool for him. I never really looked at Le- – I mean, he's really efficient, but I just never think he was like a three three-point guy, but you know, he's open. Uh, over seven rebounds a game, three at – assists which I kind of wish that was more but I'll take it two steals a game nothing surprising there from Leonard a half a block 49% from the field goal extremely efficient there's a reason why Leonard's top five and uh, 86% from the free throw that's extremely efficient with slightly over two turnovers a game the thing about Leonard though okay if you have him on your team or just in the league if you're spectating him and how he's doing yeah those stats I just mentioned they're great they're top five stats However, he has missed at least two weeks' worth of games. So that's at least 14 games where you're missing 27 points and all the stats I just mentioned. I am... He's top five for what he's played. But if you own him, if you are aware of how he plays, it can be extremely frustrating him sitting back-to-backs. And not even back-to-backs, but he's also sitting sometimes random games. He's having left knee soreness for... It seems to be lingering, and they're not afraid to sit him. So definitely something to keep in mind. But when he plays, it's on. And me personally, when they say Kawhi Leonard's out with knee soreness, I think it's just their way of saying they're resting him. Uh, I mean, you would think if there's anything seriously wrong with that knee, they would shut him down for a week at a time. Uh, so I I personally, I just think that that is the Raptors' way of saying that they're resting him without actually saying they're resting him. Uh, yeah, Kawhi Leonard on a per-game basis, just ridiculous. Yeah, it's just they're almost taking like the Popovich approach. I, I just really didn't expect Toronto to, I mean, I understand, you know, Leonard with his lingering injury last year, barely ever playing. They're going to use him in more caution. I get it. I just didn't think it'd be as significant as this, especially with Adam said, if it's really his way of resting. I mean, it, it works both ways. I get it, but I didn't think they'd be as extreme as, you know, Popovich. He's notorious for that. So a little surprised there, but I guess I get it. Yep, and that's pretty much it for Leonard. This next player is a little bit of the opposite in regard to the resting. Has not missed a game since middle school. I know that stat's been circulating Twitter quite a bit, but it is Carl Anthony Towns, Minnesota Timberwolves, the Iron Man. Uh, over 23 points per game. He's getting you almost two three-pointers from a center. That's beautiful. Exactly 12 rebounds a game, over three assists, about a steal, and just shy of two blocks per game. He's shooting over 51% from the field, and as a center, again, the center is getting you almost two threes and shooting almost 85% from the free throw, and he's getting three turnovers a game. That's the one thing from a center, but Cat, he is a high-volume guy, so he's going to get those turnovers. You almost wish it a little bit lower, but you know he makes up for it in other stats, I suppose, but he is not going to be slowing down. If anything, he's only getting better. Cat, this last, if you've seen him this last week, he is obviously the main focal point of the Timberwolves, but he's been excelling in his position and on that aspect. He's taking more control. He's getting more comfortable. He seems to do this every year. I don't know why, 
but he's just getting better and better. It's like he has a bad offseason, doesn't work out. I, I don't get it, but doesn't miss game. He's efficient, great player. There's a reason why he's number six. Yep, hard to dispute that. Great season from town so far. Uh, next player is Kevin Durant, Golden State Warriors. And nothing new here. He's getting over 27 points, almost two threes, seven rebounds, six assists, almost a steal, and just over a block. Kevin Durant is doing remarkable things, though, shooting almost 52% from the field goal and just shy of 90% from the three. Efficiency, 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 and he's getting just over three turnovers a game. But it is Kevin Durant. Any superstar is, you know, no superstar is going to get less than a turnover. So it's understandable. But um, Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins coming back, his average overall has just slightly taken a decrease. However, his percentages have taken a slight increase. So it works both ways. It kind of, you know, maybe less points, definitely a little bit less rebounds, but Durant's finding better shots, and he's not slowing down. He's still Kevin Durant. He's going to be a top 10 player no matter what. And it seems like outside of Paul George and Jim Harden, the theme with the top players so far is just high counting stats with good efficiency, and Durant is another player that fits that mold. Uh, one thing with Durant, though, he's seven so far this year. He was a top five guy last year, and I think one of the main thing, the main reason for, I mean, I don't really want to call it a decline because he's still a top ten player. Uh, I think it has more to do with the fact that Kawhi Leonard is healthy and just Paul George's seemingly, you know, just ridiculous ascent out of nowhere um i mean those are big reasons too but one thing with durant is the defensive numbers have sort of tailed off last year he was averaging two blocks per game and like michael said just barely over one per game this year and you know it's not devastating it's not killing his value obviously he's a top 10 player um but if if he was averaging those two blocks per game with his improved efficiency this year, I would think he would probably be right around that four or three spot. So I do think that is one thing to watch for. If he does start blocking shots like he did last year, I mean, Durant could be a top three, top four guy for the rest of the season. Um. Yeah, that's that's it on Durant. Uh, next player who started out the season pretty cold, but has just been on a tear the past month and a half pretty much, um, is Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Giannis is getting over 27 points per game, making a half of three, but that's only going to improve throughout the years, not this season. Um, 12 and a half rebounds a game, six assists, uh, steal and a half, block and a half. That's a steal and a half, block and a half. Uh, that's just really cool. 58% from the field goal. Giannis, there's more than a coin flip chance of him making a shot. I mean, there's a reason why he doesn't shoot a lot of threes, you know. It just makes sense, but he's almost getting 60% from a small forward. But yeah, that's just so significant. Um, 71, almost 72% from the free throw. Again, he's just not the, known for his shooting. It is kind of bad now that I think about it. But his field goal is so great, so it kind of you know takes off. And he is getting uh, just shy of four turnovers a game. I see that improving, but again, not this year, over this season. Um, Giannis is almost like a mini version of the cat treatment where he's only improving throughout the season. And I, don't, I can't really see a reason why, but they seem like very – connected as far as like you know if you own cat or Giannis and you've noticed if you own them or pay attention to them they're getting better and better and better and better and it's just like what's going on we know they're top 10 players but they're it's you're, we're coming into the playoff season so if you have him or you are worried about other teams that do have him pay more attention to them they could be a bigger threat than you thought I don't know. and with Giannis the only the only real downsides are those four turnovers per game and the 72% yeah. free throw percentage. Um, given that he takes nine free throws per game, it makes him much more preferential in a punt free throw build. Um, let's see. 
want to take a look here and see uh, where he would fall if you are punting free throws. Okay, not surprising. He jumps up to the second best player if you are punting free throws. And, you know, on that same token, you can do this with a lot of different players. You know, James Harden, if you punt turnovers, he is the best player by a mile. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it makes him, yeah, pretty, number one. Per, pretty significantly better than Davis. Obviously, for the sake of this list, we don't know everyone's team build, so we are assuming that no categories are being punted. Um yeah, Giannis is that perfect guy where you you draft him in the first round and then you look for an Andre Drummond or a Ben Simmons in the second round and just, you know, go to town on that punt free throw build. Um next guy, and this is a bit of a surprise too. This, I mean, it's like Paul George, you know, he's a good player, really strong name recognition, as I mean most of these players will. We're talking about the top twenty. Uh, but I don't think most people would expect this to be a top 10 player, but coming in at nine is Kyrie Irving, Boston Celtics. Kyrie is getting 23 and a half points, two and a half threes, five rebounds, seven assists. That's awesome for Kyrie. So everyone always criticizes him being a shoot first point guard, seven assists. You're starting to get into that. Slightly top tier of, you know, hey, pay attention. This guy's getting assists now. Uh, Kyrie is getting just shy of two steals per game. He's a guard, 0.4 blocks. What do you expect? 50% from the field goal from Kyrie. That's awesome. And 86% from the free throw. That's what you're going to get. Nothing surprising there. And just shy of three turnovers. Um, Kyrie does not play a lot, though. He gets injured on and off, kind of like um Leonard. He won't really miss, like, a well, he'll miss sometimes, like, three days in a row, but Kyrie will rest or just not play the most random games out of the blue. It'll be a Tuesday afternoon. You'll find out that one of your best players isn't playing. That is annoying, but um, for the games he's played, he's the ninth best player in fantasy. And like Paul George, Kyrie probably went in the second or third round of most fantasy drafts. Um, But I think the main thing responsible for his improvement is definitely the assists and the steals. Mm -hmm. Um, With the Cavs, Kyrie was not a high assist or high steal player. It wasn't terrible, but he would sit right around five assists and, you know, right around one steal per game. And shooting up to seven assists and almost two steals per game, that is a dramatic change. And that takes him from being a top 30, you know, maybe top 20 player into the top 10. That's really all it took for him. Um, The efficiency has always been there ever since LeBron came back to the Cavs. Uh, You know, he kept that same efficiency in Boston. And, you know, right now just a touch under 50, 49.8. I mean, given the volume of shots he takes, you know, better free throw or field goal percentage than Curry. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. And, you know, Kyrie, both in real life and fantasy, I think at some point in his career will be the best point guard in the league, hands down. Obviously, it is Curry right now and probably will be for, you know, next three, four years. Um, But at what point are we going to ask ourselves, is Kyrie Irving a better point guard than Chris Paul? I mean, I think it's safe to say in no particular order that Curry, uh, Kyrie, Chris Paul, and Damian Lillard are probably the best four point guards in real life, not necessarily fantasy. You know, especially this year, Chris Paul's had a pretty frustrating season. Um, But at what point do we start talking about Kyrie Irving as the second best point guard in the league? It's a serious question, in my opinion. Um, that's pretty much it for him though. Next player, and this is probably right around where you would expect him. It is Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Uh, happy birthday to him. He turned 24 today. And before I get into his, uh, career stats or not the season stats so far, uh, a little interesting, uh, thing I read on Twitter today. He turned 24 years old today. Um, so far this season, Jokic is getting more points than Kyrie, more assists than Harden, 
more rebounds than Davis and more steals than Giannis. And on top of that, we all know Russell Westbrook is averaging a triple-double. Second in the league this season in triple-doubles, Jokic. So with that being said, he's playing basically every game. Uh, 20 points per game. He's getting one three-pointer per game, over 10 rebounds, just shy of eight assists over a steal, just under a block, shooting over 50% from the field goal and 85% from the free throw, and getting a little over three and a half turnovers. But the guy's a center. Yeah, and Jokic has been doing ridiculous things all year. He is quite clearly the alpha in Denver. I think this is the first season where he's really you know, taking control of that role. It seemed like in years past, he just really wasn't sure when he should take over a game or take command of a game, and he seemed to be rather passive. But this year, he looks a lot more aggressive, looks a lot more comfortable in that Mike Malone offense, and things are just really coming together for him. Great stuff from him so far. Next player, number 11, is Joel Embiid, Philadelphia 76ers. Um, these next two players, Embiid and the next one, I've always, I always need to have these guys. They're amazing, in my opinion. Uh, Joel Embiid, over 27 points per game, uh, over a three. Joel Embiid's making over a three a game. The point guard of that team's not. Anyways, uh, over 13 rebounds a game. He's getting 27 and 13, over 27 and 13. Okay, over three and a half assists. Uh, he's only getting a half a steal game, but he's getting two blocks a game. 48% from the field goal, 81% from the three th- throw. You're getting Joel Embiid, center. He's making his three throws. This is awesome. He's making threes. It's great. He's getting three and a half turnovers a game. Yeah, that's annoying, but with everything else, you can almost look past that. The thing about Embiid is we, he's, he's playing. He's not hurt anymore. There's no more worry about it. That was the main thing that kept him from being in the you know unanimous first round picks this year, in my opinion. And he is displaying us that hey, he's healthy and he's kicking butt. I, great guy. Yeah, and I don't think Joel Embiid is going to go in the second round of nope. any draft anymore. Um, and if you just watch the 76ers, the dude just looks dominant out there. And I, I really think next you know next season even, he could be a top five guy. I'll say that. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, just ridiculous things from Joel Embiid. Um, next player, number 12, is Damian Lillard, Portland Trailblazers. Love this guy. He's Great. If you have him in fantasy, you're lucky. He's just awesome. He's getting over 26 points per game, uh, two, three, three three pointers. Sorry about that. Uh, four and a half rebounds, six and a half assists, over a steal, a half a block, 45% from the field goal, and 90, almost 91% from the three throw. And he's getting less turnovers than Embiid. He's getting 2.8 turnovers. That's really good from Damian Lillard. But, uh, He's just really high volume everything. Three three pointers over twenty six points a game. Like I already said, um, he's found his place in Portland. Not he's just not going anywhere. He's not going to slow down. I only see him getting better from here. Um, there's I don't see any external factors affecting his game. They're in the playoffs. They're he's only going to be producing more and more as the season continues and up into the playoffs. Great man, the roster. Yeah, Lillard is a guy who just, depending on the size of your league, probably went in the late first round or early second round, and you're getting pretty much that from him. Mm -hmm. So nice, safe, reliable pick, Damian Lillard. I would expect him to perform around this level for at least the next four years. Um, Hasn't really had any major injuries, so you know, seems like a pretty safe guy to bet on. Uh, and he's not dramatic. He's just I, I just don't see him being dramatic as far as trade rumors and everything. He seems pretty uh, happy in Portland, personally. Oh yeah, and I I forget who it was that was interviewing him or you know getting their sound bite, but uh, I remember Lillard was asked, you know, why why don't you uh, want to play for a different team than Portland? And he said, I'm not going to sell myself out for championships. Uh, you know, meaning that he's committed to Portland for the foreseeable future, which is great from a fantasy perspective because he's a clear alpha in Portland. 
Um, his role will not change. I mean, he's already been playing with a second star in C.J. McCollum. Uh, so I really don't think, even if Portland were to get another really good player, I don't think it will affect him too much. I mean, if anything, it might bump up his efficiency a little bit. How funny is that, though? He was actually asked, like it was a normal thing to ask, oh, why don't you want to play for a different team? That's where we've come to now. It, I'm telling you, NBA is the best uh, reality television show, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we've all heard that uh, little soundbite from Kevin Durant sounding off in the media. Yeah. And, I mean, at least in Durant's case, I think a lot of it he brought upon himself. Yeah. But his his frustration with the media is warranted. Ridiculous questions like what was asked to Lillard are becoming the norm. Um, anyhow, next player, and this guy's a bit of a surprise here too, uh, coming in at 13 is Nikola Vucevic of the Orlando Magic. All right, we all know it, this guy in your league, he was not drafted at 13 or even close. So, yes, it is a big surprise. He has missed one game this season is because he had a child. So he's healthy. He's getting over 20 points per game. He's making a three, over 12 rebounds a game. Not many players are getting over 12 rebounds a game. So there's a reason why, you know, on top of over 20 points per game, he's, you know, number 13 guy. He's getting just under four assists. He's getting you a steal and a block a game, shooting 52% from the field and about 78% from the free throw and getting two turnovers. Uh, Yoke, uh, not Yoke, sorry, Vucevic, uh, he was an all-star this year too. So it shows. It's recognized that he is having a breakout season and in my opinion I didn't think out of all years Vucevic was going to have a breakout season this year I mean he's not like extremely young he's not an old veteran but I, I was not expecting this so and one of the big benefits of Vucevic is just his overall balance um, he's a big positive in points rebounds field goal percentage and even blocks to some extent but all those other categories, he is either a very slight positive or very slight negative, um, which is really great because it gives you a lot of flexibility. No matter what your team build is, Nikola Vucevic will be an asset to your team. Definitely does not require any sort of punt strategy when you own him. And I do actually see a top 10 finish for Vucevic. Uh, earlier this year, you know, he was playing, you know, between 27, 29 minutes a game, not because the magic, you know, were necessarily, uh, I'm not sure what the word is, but they, they still wanted to make sure that Mo Bamba at least got some minutes out there and they weren't really limiting Vucevic cause the dude was still putting up monster numbers. Uh, but with Mo Bamba having that stress fracture in his foot and basically be being done for the year, um, the Magic do not have that need anymore. Um, and I couldn't even tell you who is now playing backup center in Orlando. Point being, uh, ever since Bamba's gotten hurt, Vucevic's minutes have shot up to like between 33 and 35. Um and that extra run, I think, could push him into a top 10 finish this year. Um, so definitely a guy to watch. Uh, next player, this is a little bit surprising just because he's seemed very underwhelming this year. Um, but on the back of good efficiency, has still managed to be a top 15 player. Coming in at 14 is Jimmy Butler, Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by it too. I mean, good name, good value, everything. But being number 14, um, and you know, now it's with stacked, you know, starting five. But you know, Butler has always been a grinder. He'll find his own way to be effective on the floor. Uh, with that being said, he's getting you 19 points per game, over three, five rebounds. Uh, four assists, two steals. That's where it's at, and nothing really surprising there. He's a you know grinder defensive. He tries. He works for what he gets. Um, point a half a block a game, forty eight percent from the field, and about eighty six percent from the free throw, and getting one and a half turnovers a game. I think that's why he's you know not getting a lot of turnovers for how effective he is, how much he has the ball. He's scoring a lot, and he's distributing. He's doing a lot of things. He's on the floor a lot, getting less than two turnovers a game. So that definitely helps. 
Yeah, and like Vucevic, Butler is just that guy who helps you in pretty much every category. His worst category is blocks, 0.6 blocks per game from you know, a shooting guard small forward. Still not that bad. Um, yeah, even the categories where he's not making a big impact in, he's either a slight positive or slight negative. And then he's obviously really bolstering your free throw percentage um, and steals. And, you know, pretty strong in points, too, at 19 points per game. Uh, next guy, and this is a guy I would definitely expect a top 10 finish from, given that John Wall is done for the year. Um, that is Bradley Beal coming in at 15, Washington Wizards. So Bradley Beal is getting 25 points per game. Yeah. Uh, over two and a half threes, five rebounds, over five assists, uh, steal and a half, just shy of a block, 0.7 blocks, 42% from the field, and 81.5% from the free throw. He's getting three turnovers a game. But Bradley Beal is also playing. The only guy playing more minutes per game than Bradley Beal is James Harden, and I don't need to say anything more about that. Yeah, Bradley Beal, now that John Wall's out, is just assuming a massive role. Um, you know, the minutes are ridiculous. He, you know, he is the guy on that Washington team. He And uh, also worth mentioning, too, Otto Porter, since he's been traded, um, you know, that opens up even more usage for Bradley Beal. Not that Porter's a high-usage guy, but, I mean, that is one less mouth to feed now in Washington. Yeah, I mean, in Washington, being from a playoff, absolute playoff in the East, and now they're silly falling apart. Otto Porter's gone. John Wall's hurt. Markeith Morris is gone. So you're taking a superior NBA player on a mediocre team, and he's just having a field day with it, which also means in fantasy that is like the best thing you could ask for. I mean, the guy is just having fun at this point, and he's displaying I mean, what we see. He's, he's an all-star this year, too. Again, so uh, Bradley Beal, yeah, again, I, like Adam said, I do see him finishing out in the top 10. He's only getting better. He's only getting better. All right, and the next player on the list, I believe, is the first player who is not an all-star that we have mentioned. I'm just looking through, and I believe every other You're player correct. that we've yeah. talked about so far yep. is an all-star. First non-all-star. The man who cried. <laughs> Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. <laughs> He's not even kidding. Like, well, I mean, I don't want to say it's justifiable. I mean, grow up, but he is the first player we just mentioned. He's the number 16th player. Regardless, uh, Rudy Gobert, 15 points per game, 13 rebounds, 12.8, but yeah, 13 rebounds per game. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Uh, over two assists per game. He's getting you a steal, he's getting you over two blocks. Okay, well, 65.5% for the field goal. That's where the magic happens. Uh, his free throw is 65%. I mean, what do you expect from Gobert? And he's getting you one and a half turnovers a game. Uh, I think really it's the rebounds and blocks and field goal. The guy, he's so good. I mean, I don't want to say there's a reason why he cried, but he definitely should have been an all-star in my opinion. And Gobert's a guy who is <laughs> definitely ideal in a punt free throw build. I don't think he quite forces you to uh, enter a punt free throw build. You know, he does take six per game with that 68% or uh, 66% free throw percentage. That's obviously not great. You're going to have to have some really strong free throw guys on a team with Gobert if you want to survive in that category and not punt it. Um, but if you are punting it, Gobert's probably a guy that enters the top 10. Let's look here really quick. Um, yep, Gobert goes up to 6 if you're punting free throw. Um, so definitely advantageous to punt free throw if you do have Gobert um, and other players that can uh, help with a punt free throw build. Um, but the main thing with Gobert is just the defensive stats, the two blocks and a steal per game, and that ridiculous 65% field goal percentage. That's one of the um, biggest strengths in any category of any player. Um, so again, he does fit a certain type of team, 
and you know this 15 points per game that's you know that's the lowest point per game total out of any player that we have mentioned so far so he does have a very unique statistical profile no threes either uh but he he has had probably the best season of his career so far. He has been able to stay healthy. Um, I don't believe he has missed a game yet. Uh, and, you know, he is a guy who has dealt with injury problems in the past. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people probably got him in the third or fourth round, you know, giving that... Uh, 16th overall value so far I'm not going to call it a steal there probably were people that took him at the end of the second round but um, it would seem like he is performing a little bit better than where he was probably drafted at in most cases Um, and the next player is probably you know still a top 20 guy but is probably having the biggest decline as far as fantasy value goes out of anyone that we've mentioned so far, and that is LeBron James of the L.A. Lakers. The King, please get back in the top ten where you belong. Um, it's funny that you say that, but yet, okay, so it depends how your fantasy format goes, but if you nine cat, here's the thing. He's getting you 27 points per game. He's making two three-pointers. He's getting over eight and a half assists or rebounds per game, seven and a half assists per game almost a steal and a half, a half a block, 51% from the field goal. But here's the thing. He kind of shoots a lot of free throws, and he's not even getting – he's getting not even 68% from the free throw. He's getting 79.9% from the free throw, and he's getting over three and a half turnovers a game. So that's nine categories. He's killing you in two of them. That means in seven other categories, he's doing really well in. Well, blocks, point six. that's neither here nor there, and yet he's still number 17. Um Adam, can you care to elaborate why he isn't higher? I understand he's not good at turnovers and free throw, but he's just shy of a triple-double, and his free field goal is amazing. What, what's the reason? What do you think? I think he should be higher. Well, I think the triple-double thing doesn't matter all that much. I mean, you'll see Russell Westbrook isn't in the top 20 at all, and similar to Russell Westbrook, LeBron James just slaughters you in two categories, free throw and turnover. Um, and one thing that used to help compensate for this when he was a top 10 guy was the steals and the blocks. He used to be a guy that would get close to two steals per game and you know, a lot of years over a block per game. And that just hasn't been happening this year. Um, the free th- field goal percentage is still pretty darn good, sitting at 51. Um, but in previous seasons, that would be as high as 55, 56, 57. All right, so I get what you're saying. So points, rebounds, assists has maintained the same. He's still extremely efficient, one of the best, and those three categories. But what you're saying is in previous years, he would be better in defensive. Defense is only getting worse. So on top of free throw and turnovers, Let's take steals and blocks. That's declining too. So that's now four categories. That's almost half if you're doing nine categories. So, all right, fair enough. I still don't think it's 17. That's my personal opinion. It's LeBron James we're talking about. At least you know top 12. I, I get what Adam said. Don't get me wrong, but he's still prolific in points. He's getting so many threes too. He's, I know he's only averaging two, but it seems like he makes more. It's just crazy to me how he makes the craziest threes. Step back, guarded, all that, but can't make a free throw. Very frustrating. True. Well, and if you are punting either free throw or turnover, he is going to shoot up quite a bit. True. But assuming you're not punting any categories, then the the strength in uh, rebounds, assists, and points is just not enough to push him into that top ten. And... Yeah, it's not that the steals and blocks are necessarily negatives, although the blocks are a slight negative. Um, it's he, just that those used to be really he, strong positives. Yeah, he used to do better. Yeah, so that's why you're saying he's declining. And it makes sense because LeBron James always used to be easily a top 10 player. Right now, according to strictly statistical analysis, he is 17. So, I mean, it makes sense what you're saying. Yeah, and... Uh, 
If he would just try on defense, then he <laughs> easily would be. <laughs> he does illustrate that, yeah. He doesn't, if you will. Yeah, and he could be a guy that could easily have a top 10 finish because with the Lakers on the outside looking in in the playoffs, LeBron yeah, might yeah. have to actually really try hard in the regular Go season. Is, is typical God mode. It's It comes here and there, so yeah. And, and that could be good news if you own him because if the Lakers are not in the playoffs <laughs> and it's like the last two, three weeks of the season. 40 points per game. <laughs> you, you can guarantee LeBron is not going to rest a single game. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Correct. And this next player, he's been injured uh, for quite a bit now. But again, this, is, this analysis is strictly on a per-game basis. Um, this guy is definitely a surprise. This guy probably did not go in the first four, five, even six rounds of most drafts. I mean, uh, some drafts you could probably get him as late as the eighth, ninth, tenth round. I mean, just an absolute steal is Robert Covington of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's playing a lot of minutes. I know it's a star-studded team, but a guy like don't let the name fool you. He's getting over 13 points per game. Two and a half three pointers. Okay. Uh, five and a half rebounds. Uh, doesn't really get a lot of assists, but you know that's what they have Simmons and other players for. It's a really star studded team, like I said. But he's getting over two steals a game and over a block per game. Yeah, he's shooting 43%, making 76% from the free throw, uh, but under a turnover and a half per game. It's really where the defensive stats are from Comington. He plays a lot of minutes. He's very. Um, efficient and defensively. I remember early in the year, I looked at him and I'm like, wow, that I, I would love to have that. <laughs> so he's top 20 for a reason in the games he's played. And Covington, like Gobert, just has a very unique statistical profile. Not a big score, not a big assist guy, but just massive positives and steals, blocks and threes. And that is just what pulls his value up. And he doesn't really hurt you in any category other than assists, just that 1.3 assists per game. And if you are punting assists, then we're going to check here, but I would be willing to bet he shoots into the top 10. Uh, let's see. Ah, just outside of it. He goes up to 12 if you're punting assists. Um, but still, just great stuff from Covington. He's been great at both Philadelphia and Minnesota. Um, hopefully he'll be back shortly after the All-Star break, um, and he just gets back to the level he has been at so far. Um, this next guy is a little bit of a surprise, too. I think there are definitely people that could have seen this coming, um, and this guy has just looked ridiculous. Um, and he, actually, they announced today that he will play, I believe uh, Houston plays on Thursday. Um, but whenever it is either Thursday or Friday, Clint Capella, number 19 of the Houston Rockets, uh, will play. If you have Clint Capella on your team and you are know you're going to make the playoffs, you don't have to be the best team or the worst team, but you know you're going to make the playoffs. You're going to have a smile on your face because you know what he's going to do. You know he's coming back, and he's not going to slow down. It was a thumb injury. He's fine. Uh, but Clint Capella so far, 17.5 points, no threes. What do you expect? But 12.5 rebounds. He joins that elite club of, you know, this is the top 20 we're talking about. Clint Capella is number 19. There's only a handful of people that get over 12 rebounds per game, so that makes sense. Uh, getting an assist and a half, no surprises there. Uh, a half a steal, but he's getting two blocks per game, shooting 63% from the field goal. That is amazing. From a center, you you want those high field goals, but that is so nice. Um, 62% from the free throw. So he's one of those traditional centers, you know, where he gets a lot of you know, blocks, rebounds, good field goal, but he's really got to be terrible at the free throw. Um, and a turnover and a half per game. You know, I mean, no one nowadays really gets under – a turnover game anymore but like I said Clint Capella number 19 he breaks the top 20 I don't think anyone expected him to get the top 20 but if you have him no worries he's coming back and he'll be fine yep and statistical profile very similar to Rudy Gobert's just a massive positive in rebounds blocks and field goal percentage 
Likewise, he also hurts you in free throw, assists, and threes. Um, but obviously the massive positives outweigh those negatives because Clint Capella is a top 20 player so far this year. And this last guy at number 20 is, in my opinion, one of the most underappreciated players, both in real life and in fantasy basketball. Doesn't have huge name recognition, um, but this guy just puts his nose to the grindstone and produces. It's Drew Holiday of the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Adam kind of took it from me there. I was going to say, this guy's name needs to be started be more respected. Fantasy and in real life. I really don't know why he's not like Drew Holiday. It's a cool name. I, I I just don't know why he's not considered higher. Like he is so valuable. Top 20 guy. Barely misses any games, if not none at all. Here's what he's doing. Over 21 points per game. He's making almost two three-pointers a game, five, assist, oh, five rebounds, eight assists. That's top-tier assist numbers. I mean, John Wall's out too. Like this is your – if you have this guy – you're doing well in the cyst. Uh A steal and a half, 0.9 blocks. You get to block. A block a game from a point guard. 47% from the field goal. The guy is so efficient. And 76 from the free throw, that's like one thing you could want to work on. But everything else I just mentioned from a point guard position to field goal, the well, assist, nowadays it's up there. And blocks. He's getting a block per game. And Drew Holiday is getting a little over three turnovers a game. Um, it's a slight negative, but... Everything else I just mentioned, there's a reason why he's number 20. He needs to be respected more, needed to be taken more seriously, both, again, in fantasy and in real life. And outside of turnovers, he's really not hurting you in any category, sort of like Vucevic and Butler. He is just that really consistent, versatile player that fits pretty much any team build. Um, and, yeah, I think... I think especially with Anthony Davis, you know, eventually leaving the Pelicans, I think Drew Holiday will get the name recognition he deserves. I think, too, he was one of the biggest all-star stubs. Yeah, actually, well, what you first said, that may, that's a really good point. I just realized Davis is leading no matter what. I don't care where he's going. Drew Holiday is about to break out. He reminds me a lot of Butler, too. He, he, he tries, you know, Grit, grind, defense. I mean, there's a point guard's getting a block per game. Can you imagine having Butler and Drew Holiday in the same team? Like, oh, that'd be so nice where he doesn't really hurt you in a lot of categories. But I just realized, hey, think about next year, Drew Holiday. Maybe after me saying take him more seriously, everything like that. Well, I mean, we're looking at people might laugh. You pick him in the early mid-second round. I don't know. Oh, I, I wouldn't yeah. think that's crazy at all, uh, uh, yeah. especially knowing that mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is going to be traded. Yep. I mean, he's 20 right now so far this year. I mean, that, this guy next year with no mm-hmm. Davis there, I mean, depending on what pieces come back, I mean, I don't imagine there will be a guy that will, you know, assume as much usage as Davis. But I could see Holiday easily being a top 15 guy next year. And no history of injuries this year. I mean, he missed a significant portion of the season either a year or two ago, but that's because his wife had like a brain tumor or something like that. I mean, it's just that's personal stuff. But the the guy's healthy. He's not a liability. Pay more attention to Drew Holiday. Yep. And that does it for the top 20 players of the season so far this year, per game basis. Um, we're going to do a little, who would you rather have for this episode of who would you rather have? I'm going to pick the two players. Normally it's Michael that does it, but I've got an interesting one. Um, who would you rather have Tobias Harris or Clay Thompson? Um, it's a pretty tough pick. I would love to have both. I, I will say that, um, I had to think about it. But in the end, I am taking by hair Clay Thompson. Um, he's getting about a couple points more per game. Uh, he's making a three-pointer more per game. Uh, he's getting barely more steals. It's almost the same. Blocks are – Clay Thompson, surprisingly, is getting more blocks, but it's .3 margin, not a big difference. Um, and he's barely – they're very similar players. The reason why I'm taking Clay Thompson, and I don't want to – 
justify all this inconsistency, but Clay Thompson, it does look like he's getting better. He's maybe in a little hot streak, and he's also known, I know it's rare, but known to go off on those random nights. It'll be like a Thursday night. He'll get 29 points, like seven threes, and he's more known from that than other players. Um, I'm not taking away from Tobias too much, but if I just had to pick, if I had these two guys and I wanted to pick one in the roster, I'd be a little bit more comfortable with Clay Thompson. Okay, all all fair points. I'm going to go with Tobias Harris um, simply because I think he's looked really comfortable in Philadelphia so far. Um, One of his biggest strengths is field goal percentage, and I think that's going to go up even more in Philadelphia. Um, One thing, too, with Clay Thompson, now DeMarcus Cousins is back. And I don't see Durant or Curry taking much of a hit from Cousins, uh, especially Curry because he's carrying the ball up every play. Um, Durant may be a very slight hit at most. Um, I, so I do think, obviously, Draymond will be affected the most. He's going to score virtually nothing now. <laughs> um but I do think Clay Thompson, out of you know the big three, uh, I mean you know you can call it a big four. You know Draymond is a really good player, very unique skill set, and he is the heart and soul of the team. Um, but I mean, kind of know it as a big three. Um, well, now a big four because Cousins is definitely you know a absolute superstar. Like a big um, five. Yeah, I mean they are kind of a big five. Anyhow, I digress. Um, I think Clay Thompson could take a little bit of a hit with Cousins being back, and I think as the season goes on and Cousins plays more minutes, I think Clay Thompson's usage is going to go down a little bit. Uh, one thing, too, if you've watched how DeMarcus Cousins has played in the Golden State offense, he is out there shooting a lot of threes. And that's Clay Thompson's bread and butter. And if Demarcus Cousins was playing more inside, I would feel more comfortable with Clay. And it's not that I don't feel comfortable with Clay per se. You know, like Michael said, you know, rather have, you know, you'd you'd flip a coin. I'd rather, you know, I'd like both players. They're both phenomenal players. But I slightly give the edge to Tobias. Um, the rebounding is a big thing too. Um they're both pretty good on the field goal percentage. You know, Toby's a little bit better. Um, Toby is, I would say, more than slightly better with the free throw percentage, 87 versus 81. Uh, the blocks, that that slightly goes to Clay. Um, the steals are pretty similar, but Clay does win there too. So, you know, Clay does help you in the defensive stats a little more. Um, the assists are pretty darn similar to the point where it's negligible. The rebounds, though, Tobias gets pretty much double what Clay gets. Three, but Clay does get a whole three more per game. Points are negligible difference. Um, so I mean, they are two similar players, but in the end, I'm still going with Toby. Yeah, uh, point when I was first proposed this decision, I immediately thought, oh, Tobias Harris, 76ers, they're stacked now. He won't play as much. Oh, wait, I forgot. Clay Thompson is also with a ton of all-stars, former all-stars, etc. Um, I just feel like, you know, people recognize who Clay Thompson is, you know, on the Warriors, and I just think he'll always eat, and I just think he'll be more consistency he's always going to get his own but that's just my personal opinion again both great players um according to the raking value of this analytical statistical everything tobias harris is ranked 25 and quay thompson is ranked 26 so so really we are just splitting hairs but it's an interesting discussion i think all right and that does it for episode eight of habanero hoops Uh, We'll be releasing a podcast later in the week where we'll give you sort of a primer for the post-All-Star break action. A lot of leagues' fantasy playoffs are starting pretty soon. Going to sort of preview some players that might be on the upswing in the second half, some players that might be on the downswing in the second half. Um, But stay tuned for that. Uh, Just a quick reminder, uh, Damian Lillard is awesome. Kawhi Leonard knock it off we have a lot of people that are relying on you to play 
please play more games. And Donovan Mitchell should have been an all-star. And we're going to leave you guys with a riddle. What can point in every direction but can't reach the destination by itself? Your finger.